Thank you for listening to the sermon podcast of the Potter's House in Virginia Beach. church with a worldwide vision for winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. We're a Pentecostal church affiliated with the Christian Fellowship Ministries. We hope you enjoy today's sermon. Anyone ever been ashamed? Amen. It is, um, shame tonight is one of the unique bondages that many Christians uh, live under. Shame has the ability to hold someone back tonight. There's a couple of ashamed type of thinkings that I want to look at tonight. I'm ministering on the battle of shame. The very word shame, it carries a relational tone to it. It's very relationally oriented. Shame uh, is a feeling of humiliation, disgrace, or embarrassment, the dictionary says. Guilt, on the other hand, is an an awareness of failure against a standard. Shame is a sense of failure before the eyes of someone. Shame is very relational tonight. You're going to hear that a bit this evening. In other words, guilt tonight is about disobedience to the law or a code or a series of ethics or rules or regulations that stand before us, but shame is how I perceive others and how they see me or how I see myself. Tonight, our conscience may be invisible, but it's certainly not inactive. How many know that tonight? At least I hope your conscience is active this evening. Who hasn't been kept awake by the pleadings of the mind, the conscience? With incredible regularity tonight, an unforgiven conscience can rob us of an appetite, steal our sleep, drive us to distraction. The shame of doing something wrong to someone else. So I do want to minister tonight just uh, briefly on the battle of shame this evening, because I want to believe God for some people that uh, you are, you're bound up in shame. You've, many of you have been forgiven, but you walk in this condemnation, and I'm not ministering on condemnation, but I really want to focus on shame tonight, because it is a real, real battle this evening. Second Timothy chapter 1, uh, reading in verses 6 uh, through 12 tonight. <clears throat> Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands, Paul to Timothy. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner. But share with me in the sufferings for the gospel according to the power of God, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace which was given to us in Christ Jesus 
before time began. Verse 10, but has now been revealed by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel, to which I was appointed a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher of the Gentiles. For this reason I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know who I have believed, and am persuaded that he is able to keep what I have committed to him until that day. The power of shame. There was a uh, Edgar Allan Poe uh, haunting a short story, The Telltale Heart. The main character in The Telltale Heart committed murder and unable to escape this lingering guilt of his deed, he buried the victim underneath the floor there. He begins to hear the heartbeat of the victim that is buried underneath the floorboards of his house. And over time, this, if you know the story, this cold sweat begins to cover him and, and he's constantly hearing this heartbeat, this thump, 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 day in, day out, relentlessly. It refuses to go away, and as the story goes on, ultimately it becomes very clear that the pounding that drove the man mad was not the grave down below, but the pounding within his own chest. So it is with an unforgiven conscience that drives shame tonight. Now I want to illustrate two types of shame this evening. And uh, first of these is uh, the shame tonight that is a reasonable shame, or it's a good shame. First, you can look at the cause of guilt tonight. Suppose you uh, act against your conscience. You withhold information, tax information from the IRS. Not that anyone would ever do that. And for a couple of years, you feel nothing because it's been put out of your mind and you were never caught. Then all of a sudden you're called to an account by the IRS and it becomes public knowledge that you lied and you stole. Your guilt is known. Now in light of this public rebuke, you feel the pain of shame. There's another type of shame. You can take the shame of a shortcoming. In the Olympics uh, uh, a number of years ago, there was a man who came from a very small developing nation, third world nation. He was the number one runner in his nation, and he barely qualified at the Olympic standards for the 5,000-meter race. He's competing in front of uh, millions of people on a worldwide uh, television audience, as well as thousands that are in the stadium, and the competition is so tough that by the time the last lap comes... He's already a lap and a half behind the leaders. Getting lapped is embarrassing. Getting lapped in the Olympics when everyone watches can be shameful. Bless you. There's no guilt in getting lapped. But the humiliation and the shame can be intense. I'm going somewhere with this message, so stay with me. Ever show up somewhere underdressed? 
We had an incident where my luggage went missing and we were going to be a part of, uh, there was a formal night in this event that we were going to partake in and my luggage didn't make it. So we went and scrounged around and all we could get was some sorrowful pants, some trousers, a, a polo shirt and my whole entire time I'm thinking of nights down the road where it's going to be formal night, tux night, and formal gowns, and I am wearing khakis and tennis shoes. <laughs> Thank goodness that right before we boarded, my bag came free, and all of a sudden, my apparent shame disappeared, and I had the victory again. There is no guilt in that type of shame. I was wondering, everyone's going to be looking at me because I'm not dressed appropriately. Maybe you showed up in an event, ladies, and you were seriously underdressed. No evil in that. It's just a social blunder. Makes you feel foolish and embarrassed and suffer some shame. There's a couple of types of shame tonight. There is a kind of a misplaced shame versus a true shame. A true shame is a shame that we should have. A misplaced shame tonight is one that I shouldn't. One of the things that jumps right out to you from some of these examples is there's a shame that's justified and there's a shame that isn't tonight. There are people tonight that are not moving forward in their Christian life because they live in shame. They can't seem to get free from either the shame and the guilt of sin uh, or uh, this misplaced shame. And it all has to do uh, with our relationship and understanding of the Word of God and who Jesus Christ is tonight. Most people would believe that the IRX, uh, IRS tax cheater uh, deserves some shame. Most people would probably say the long-distance runner gave it his best shot, and there's no way that he should feel ashamed. Disappointment, yes, but not shame. I want to look at some scriptures tonight, and then we're going to pray, because I know for a fact tonight there are people that are not moving forward in their Christian life because somewhere shame has gripped them and they have not found the key to unlock that and move that forward. There's real shame tonight, which is a godly shame. You ever had real shame? This is like where you've disappointed God, kind of like Pastor Williams ministered this morning, where you actions or your inactions tonight, just disappoint God. We set our calling aside, our covenants, our commitments, the things that we've laid down here at the altar, and there can be a shame that comes from that. Misplaced shame tonight is the shame that we shouldn't have. It's the shame you feel when there's no good reason to feel it. Biblically, it means that you haven't done anything to dishonor God or you're not operating in blatant sin. 
You didn't have a hand in something that went wrong. It wasn't your fault. There shouldn't be any shame there. But true shame tonight, the shame that we ought to have, is the shame that you feel when there's a good reason to feel it. When we have dishonored God. When we've had a hand with another group of people and bringing dishonor upon God by our attitudes or our actions. If you want to battle shame tonight, you have to battle it at the root. You have to understand tonight how shame relates to God and the kingdom of God. My whole purpose in this simple message tonight is to get people to move forward in their Christian life. This church wants to take off like a rocket. This church wants to accelerate. There's people living in very defined condemnation tonight that they can't get free from. And I want you to understand tonight and be sure and know how important to God it is to have a distinction between a true shame and a misplaced shame. Whether we do have a hand in dishonoring God or not, if we want to battle shame at the root, we have to know how it relates to God. Because both misplaced shame and true shame this evening can cripple us if you don't know how to deal with it. It can cripple your mentality for progress, can hinder your prayers. It can stop the flow, the blessing of God. It's a subtle thing tonight. There's misplaced shame tonight. Scriptures illustrate a lot of this this evening And we're going to look at some that illustrate true shame, and then we're going to pray here in just a bit. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse number 8, Do not be ashamed, testifying to our Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but take your share of suffering for the gospel and the power of God. What this text says is, and if you feel shame for testifying about Jesus, you have a misplaced shame. You know what it's like to sometimes feel, you feel sometimes, you just feel uncomfortable when you knock on that door. You know what I'm saying? Some of those larger events where you have to speak for Christ, maybe maybe it's the first time you have to speak to your work colleagues after your conversion. And you're not going to have the beer after work. Or you're not going to attend the holiday Christmas party. Listen, the holiday parties are coming. And I remember in my mind trying to wrestle and the whole issue really for me was this issue of shame. Somehow in my mind I had God's viewpoint on this all twisted that I should be the one that's embarrassed because I'm the one who's come to Christ. And Paul's addressing in the issue, don't be ashamed of testifying to our Lord, nor me of his prisoner. Your pastor went to jail? What church do you go to? Oh, the door. Do you actually speak in tongues in public? It'll be easy to say now because we have the majority here. 
Christ is honored when we speak well of him. This is what I have to lock in my mind when I'm, I'm going to do something that I feel uncomfortable about. Am I the only one who ever feels uncomfortable about doing some things in, in public sometimes? I have to think, okay, God, this is going to bring glory and honor to your name when I speak well of him. When I speak well of Jesus Christ, regardless of I, how I feel, I'm talking about battling this misplaced shame tonight. Uh, it brings glory to God. It's not shameful to testify tonight. It's not shameful to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ uh, on a street corner. Ike's not here with us this evening. He's working. Uh, but he came to this church because he heard people preaching on the street corner. And there are others. He turned around, drove back, found out who they were and been in the church and been giving to this congregation ever since. Because tonight, it's not a shameful thing this evening to be a public Christian. But a lot of people will, will put that hex on us that We have a crutch in Jesus Christ. We have a weakness. We're less than. But good Christians know better tonight because God is honored by the courage of his servants. He's honored when you choose appropriately to share his name in the right venue at the right time. This is not a, a license tonight to be rude or, or ignorant. God is honored by the courage even if you're stuttering for words when you share his name. No matter how much scorn the world heaps on us. Listen, it's going to get intense before Jesus Christ comes back. The scorn of being a believer. They mock us in the public sphere like never before. It's beyond comprehension. Politicians talk about uh, believing the fairy uh, in the sky. Mark 3, 8, 38, uh, in regards to shame, whoever is ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, <coughs> of him will the Son of Man also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angel. Shame is misplaced when we feel it because of the person or the words of Jesus. Jesus. When Jesus says, love your enemies, people laugh at you. Just a side note tonight. We're no longer of the streets if we came from the streets. When someone annoys you, Christian or non-Christian tonight, does that mean gives you a license to go retro-ghetto? to flip the script on them. In my part of the woods, this is how we handled it. Well, you're no longer in that part of the woods. I'm no longer a prisoner to my past. I've seen Christians who get upset and then, then they speak a different language. Shame. 
Jesus says fornication is evil and people laugh at you because being a virgin is so outdated. I would, I'd be willing to wager tonight there are young people, uh, you're proud of your virginity, but there are times where shame comes against you. Now, I'm not condemning you and saying you are ashamed, but shame is coming against you like a force. Is, can, you, can we see the difference tonight? And it's something that wants to tear you down. The greatest marriages and the testimonies of the marriage, I love to hear them say, is I had my first kiss right here. I don't know about you, but as a dad, that is, that's, that's an unbelievable motivator of the gospel of Jesus Christ in the world that we live in. I've had my own daughters testify that right here. My very first kiss was right here. They were both married right here. It's not outdated to be a virgin. And we should not feel the shame to stand with Jesus. Don't mistake ashamed from shame. The words of Jesus and God are true and they are honoring no matter how foolish the world may make them seem to be. I want you to harness shame tonight. 1 Peter 4.16 If one uh, suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but under that name let him glorify God. I've heard of people being made fun of for the reproach of being a Christian. There's a well-placed shame tonight. The truth is, not everything that makes us feel shame tonight is the shame of sin. It's not the guilt of dishonoring God or dishonoring His, His ways. but we failed to give the appearance that other people admire. Much of our shame tonight, and I want to finish, is not God-centered, but self-centered. Because shame is a powerful relational issue. Shame tonight damages relationships. It's a force against you. And until you get a really good handle on this tonight, you'll not be able to battle it at its root. This is why condemnation oftentimes rises up. Condemnation in my mind, in my eyes, and through my studies uh, is a fruit of shame. And a lot of us have been held in bondage by the condemnation of the wicked one tonight, and it ought not to be. We need to find the root problem. There's a true shame tonight. 1 Corinthians 15, 34. True shame is the shame that you should feel. 
Come to your right mind and sin no more, for some have no knowledge of God. I say, to the, uh, I say this to your shame. That there ought to be shame if I do something deplorable in the sight of God or in God's people. Or there ought to be shame this evening if I'm a partaker in it. This is kind of like group bullying. There's always one or two that lead the pack, but there's some others in the group. It can be a verbal assassination or it can be a post on Instagram or Facebook or a group text and people will say, you know what, well, I wasn't the one who said it, but you can look at the group MMS and you can see who's in it. That brings reproach to the body of Christ and the house of God. That's a true shame. 1 Corinthians 6.5, these Christians were going to secular courts to settle disputes among themselves, and Paul rebukes them. I say this to your shame. Is it so that there is not a wise man among you, not even one who will be able to judge between his brethren? I say this to your shame. This is true shame. That people have to find a solution, God's people, as they fight one another and they seek help from the godless to settle their dispute. Does that seem askew to you tonight? That I'm going to allow the godless to settle a dispute? Paul says, I say this to your shame. This is true shame. True shame is the shame you feel because you're involved in dishonoring God. And the truth is, in this illustration, this Paul, as he rebukes them, these people are trying their best to appear strong and right. You've heard it said before, you can be clinically right tonight, but everything about it is morally wrong. You can be legally right about something this evening. And you can dot every I, cross every T, and you can be right. And you can win a case, have a judgment in your favor. But have godly shame.
And the reason this happens oftentimes is because people don't want to look like they're weak and shameful, so they'll run to someone else to solve their problem. The point is tonight when we are dishonoring God, we ought to feel shame. That's good. It's, it's really good. And if you don't tonight, that's really bad. That's really bad. It's called the hardening of the heart. That is the fear of every believer on planet earth is that my heart one day would grow cold and calloused and unteachable. Not pliable by the word of God, men of God or women of God, but would be hard and cold to the touch. Ezekiel 43.10 And you, son of man, describe to the house of Israel the temple and its appearance and plan that they may be ashamed of their iniquity. Sin is always a proper cause for shame because sin is the behavior that dishonors God. God says the entire nation of people ought to feel the shame of its iniquities. I promise you our nation is going to feel the shame of its iniquities. You cannot eliminate millions of unborn children and not pay a price somewhere. Because it does matter tonight if we dishonor God. Don't feel shame tonight for something that honors God. There are people here that are held back. Don't feel that shame if it honors God, if it's right. No matter if the world says only the weak act that way, only the foolish do that. Listen, parents, raise your boys and your girls to be virgins. It even sounds weird coming off my lips, doesn't it? That shows you the shame of the nation has shifted. I can barely speak that without feeling the weight of the shame of our culture. And it makes the point. Don't feel shame for bad circumstances where you'd have no part in the dishonoring of God. We have to battle it tonight. We have to battle shame this evening. And it all goes down to disbelief. Unbelief feeds the life of shame. This is why we fight for the faith and the promises of God. 
We contend for the promises of God, the word of God, the, God's operational uh, New Testament church in our congregation, in our churches both abroad uh, here in America and in our lives this evening uh, because there's a battle going on. I'm going to fight for the promises of God that overcome shame and relieve us from the pain. So how do you know if you've got a shame problem? Well, when a shame that's not a bad one lingers too long. It just kind of sits there and dwells in the back of your mind. If that's the case, it owes itself to disbelief because disbelief tonight is the producer of this type of shame. When the woman comes to the Jesus uh, in the Pharisee's house, weeping and washing his feet, she felt the shame uh, as uh, Simon communicated to everyone present that this sinner woman had no business touching Jesus. She felt the shame. She was a sinner. There's a place for true shame, and the place for true shame is right here at this altar tonight. At this altar, you can be forgiven of all shame. Every bondage can be broken. Every hindrance can be set aside. This woman sits there in the Pharisee's house at Jesus' feet, and the Christian amongst them communicated to everyone that she had no business doing that. Luke 7, 48, Jesus counteracts the shame of the Christian in the church when he says, your sins are forgiven. I want to tell you what a story that is. And when the guests murmured about it, he helped her faith again. And Luke 7, 50 says, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. You have no peace when you live and function in the world of shame. And so how did he help her battle those crippling effects of shame? He gave her a promise. Your sins are forgiven. Your faith has saved you. Your future will be one of peace and so the simple issue for her was her belief system was her faith tonight can you engage your belief system tonight to an entirely new level this evening can you engage your mind and differentiate between these types of shame this evening and she could go in peace Psalms 130 verse 4 there is forgiveness with those that may be feared. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Isaiah 55, 6, call upon him while he's near. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just and will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 1 John 1, 9. I'm going to battle shame tonight. I'm going to battle shame that every person in this place would glorify God with everything they have. It's okay to suffer a bit tonight. 
for Christ. It's okay as a believer if things go wrong and people point things out to you that they shouldn't. It's okay to have that type of response. But I do believe the gospel is the power of God unto salvation tonight. Christ's power makes us perfect in our weaknesses. We need freedom from shame tonight, the battle of shame. Can we bow our heads this this evening? We thank you again for listening. Do you want to receive updates from our church in your inbox? Make sure to sign up at our website, vvph.org. If this message has been a blessing to you, would you consider supporting our ministry with a generous donation? Please visit our website, vvph.org, and scroll down to find the Give button at the bottom of the page. We would be so grateful for your support. Until next time, love God and love people. Oh,